All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Gymnazo podcast. I'm your host today. I'm Peyton Hughes. I'm one of the owners here at Gymnazo. And today I have in studio with me uh, Coach Kalina. And it's been a while since she's been on a podcast. And there's been a really important reason for that because she recently just had her first baby. And we have talked, and there are plenty of very entertaining episodes if you want to catch up on the world of female training, female body parts, everything that you need to know about training women and about postpartum recovery, et cetera. And we actually get a chance to sit down with Kalina and talk about her experience firsthand. And um, I know that for years, she's gotten incredible results for a lot of women and is very trusted in the medical with a lot of different medical professionals in the area who send their clients to her. And for the longest time, people have always said, well, wait, how do you know so much about the female body and, and what goes on uh, pre and post uh, partum if you've never had your own baby? And we've laughed because how many male doctors out there are telling women how to have babies who don't have vaginas themselves. Yet here we are, and we actually get a chance to talk through what it was like for you training with pregnancy, what it was like for you leading into your birth experience, what it's been like recovering postpartum, and what you'd recommend for women anywhere in that journey. And so if that sounds good to you, you're in the right spot. Continue to listen. Welcome to the Gymnazo Podcast, where you get to peek behind the curtains of what it takes to create and run a seven-figure fitness facility that ranks in the top 5% of boutique fitness studios for revenue. But to be honest, that's the least important thing about us. Founded by me, Michael Hughes, Gymnazo has created an ecosystem of services that blend performance with restoration techniques and attracts top coaches to its facility. Hosted by its owners, Peyton and myself, and our top coaches. This podcast shares our best practices on everything from how to build a sustainable fitness business to how to program for maximum results to how to build a hybrid training module that's online and in person. We have marketing secrets, movement innovation, and breaking down trends in the industry. If you're a fitness professional or a fitness business owner, this is where you learn how to sharpen your skills and to see maximum results. Okay, so Kalina, I want to know, what was it like for you training through your pregnancy, specifically by, I think, third trimester and until kind of birth? What was your mindset and then what worked? What bring us into that experience for you? Yeah. Um, I had a lot of fun training when I was pregnant. It was very different. Um, Energy-wise, is very different than my usual, but I really tried to almost maintain the same level of fitness that I, that I would have if I, if I wasn't pregnant, I wanted to still work out a couple days a week. Um, my intensity was just way less. Yeah. Um, my goal was not to have any performance gains. It was really just to maintain, to, to break a sweat, to, tr- to try and not put on more pregnancy weight from all. I ate so many sweets like that. I don't eat sweets usually. And I was just slamming cookies left and right. <laughs> so I was trying to combat some cookie consumption for sure. Um, but doing some strength training, it was, I was trying to think of things that I would have to do postpartum mm-hmm. and how I can turn those activities into exercises prenatal to like make them so it was easier to do. So it's so a lot of the prenatal workout stuff that you see was so boring. I was like, don't do anything. Just go for yeah. a walk. And I was like, I don't, walking is only so fun for so long. Like 
you know, I can only do so much of that. I want, I still wanted to lift weights and throw things and still feel like an athlete. So Mm -hmm. I just, I just did them. I was just not to the level that I usually do them. So I was throwing around vipers with like rotational overhead presses, picking them up single arm. I was thinking, you know, okay, if I have to open up a stroller with one hand and hold a baby in the other, mm-hmm. like holding a sandbell in one hand, what if I'm running the vacuum? What if I'm doing dishes, you know, putting stuff on the top of my car, the top of Phil's car? Like I just tried to, to envision what mom life would be like. And mm-hmm. then somehow turn that into a lunge or a lift or a squat in the gym. And that's what I did. And I did that until the end of my pregnancy. It's certainly modified. I definitely took a lot more breaks than usual. Um, but that was that was what I did in the third trimester. Yeah, I remember watching having you working out. I would walk past you and you'd be working out and I'm like, man, she is like going after it. But then you'd say, you know, my my goals are different than normal. Or you're like, gosh, I'm taking another break. But you would laugh about it because you're like, this is to be expected to some degree. Yeah. Was it what you expected? I'm curious. The working out portion? Yeah, or just what what your energy level was like, or what were you surprised by what you could still do or disappointed by what you couldn't? I was pleasantly surprised that I could still do box jumps at like 34 weeks. I think after that, I was like, <laughs> I don't need to do these anymore. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. I was still happy with the fact that I could move, that I didn't have any sciatica, that I wasn't having any back pain. I was still sleeping soundly. I never had to use a pregnancy pillow. Um, and aside from the fact that I was just big and like putting on my shoes was the hardest part of my mm-hmm. day. Um, and I, pff, the swelling in my feet, like there's only, you know, there's some certain things that you just can't help. Yeah. But other than that, I could still move and do a lot of things that I wanted to. Certainly getting in and out of my car was more challenging. And uh, there was a lot more huffing and puffing. I definitely remember doing some cardio-esque activities like... Oh, I gotta sit down. <laughs> I'm I'm exhausted. It's like, but I was laughing about it because it's not like I was sprinting. It was yeah. just you know when you're carrying extra weight and your heart rate gets up, there's just a lot less that you can do. So, um, I remember going on hikes and how all of a sudden like going upstairs becomes like exorbitant task. Oh, or yeah. like I'm out of breath so bad. Yeah, halfway up a hill. Yeah, well that <laughs> not it's not just the weight. Like you, your lungs are smushed. You know, yeah. you just don't have as much as much capacity. So it was, it was all good. It was still very exciting. My motivation was just to be as healthy and fit as I could for labor and delivery and, and for my baby. I felt like I was doing it for her too. Yeah. I love that. Um, as a coach, I have to ask this because I know we have a lot of coaches that listen as a coach, you were our first female coach to coach pregnant. So I think we were all taking all our cues from you and how you were feeling through that. What would you advise people or trainers out there who are pregnant and what should they expect from their career? And when would you taper out of coaching? Like walk us through that. Cause you were really dialed. I felt on that. I am very lucky to have such a supportive, um, it's not my staff, but coworkers. I'm, I'm super lucky to be here because you guys were so supportive. Just like whatever you need, you let us know. Um, and every woman is different. Every pregnancy is different. I definitely by the third trimester, probably 32 weeks, I Mm -hmm. was like, I need to be on my feet less. It was just, Mm -hmm. it was just more taxing, Mm -hmm. um, to be up and moving for that many hours a day because I was still working full time. Um, yeah. So just for the listeners, what is that? Is that five to six training hours roughly? 
Like on the floor coaching? I think so. Yes. I think it, it was at least six. Yeah. Six, um, six sessions typically is a full day for us. So, and that can take, you know, anywhere from six to eight hours or 10 hours. But um, yeah, so doing six sessions a day was still a lot, but I was getting more into our restorative sessions, doing semi-private where I could sit down <laughs> and coach mm-hmm. that way. Um, and even, I mean, I think I was the first coach to ever get permission to sit down, sit down during a group training class. <laughs> I mean, who's going to tell you no? Yeah, nobody. Everybody was, every, a lot of the clients were just laughing because I'd demonstrate things and they'd, you know, oh, don't do that so fast or don't, you know, you're going to, to which I would just roll my eyes and say, I'm pregnant, I'm not disabled. But I was like, I'm going to sit down after this. I only have to demonstrate for like 20 seconds. So it's totally fine. Um, but it just, it was own individual you know, comfort levels of when to taper off. I definitely felt like the further I got into my third trimester, the more I wanted to not be on my feet for so long. It was just really tiring by the end of the day, but my energy levels were still pretty good. And I honestly, I think some days being up on my feet and coaching was good for me because Mm -hmm. I could move. Cause I think we also mentally can make it easy for us to say like, I'm pregnant. I'm just going to sit down. Like, I don't need to do anything. I'm tired. Like, I don't want to move. And I think that's worse actually. Like I know, mm-hmm. I know after some weekends I would get home and I would just sit all weekend. Cause I was like, I'm tired. I'm pregnant. I'm just going to watch TV for <laughs> the next 48 hours. And Monday would come around and I'd feel like crap. So it was better to just keep moving. Honestly, I think my yeah. body really appreciated that, but work-wise there were some days that were harder than others, that's for sure. Yeah. And our bodies are different every day. I mean, yeah. at least I remember that being so vivid. It's a pregnancy both times. Like, yeah. neither pregnancy is the same. I could be the same person, but is my body even the same? No. no. <laughs> we know this. Not even close. So let's move into talking about how your training and, like, what when you went through, and you don't have to tell, like, your whole birth story, but, like, when you go through birth as somebody who's coached so many women into recovery postpartum, what was that experience for you going in, knowing exactly what could go wrong? And I have to say it that way because you literally were like, nobody can scare me anymore. I have literally heard all the horror stories yeah. for years. Yeah. So what was that like for you? And what were you pleased with the outcome? Besides I, an adorable child, by the way, to all the <laughs> listeners. Her daughter is the cutest. She's pretty darn cute. Um, I was most nervous about tearing. Yeah, I think most women are because I've heard I've heard the horror stories and, you know, it's just it's more trauma. It's just like anything else is like, you know, this labor and delivery is like something where you you know, you're going to get hurt. (laughs) It's like if you went to go play a soccer game, you're like, well, I'm going to tear my MCL about midway through this game here. That's just undeniable. Like it's just nerve wracking to go into. So. Um, I was doing everything beforehand, like, okay, try and mobilize my pelvic floor by keeping mobile hips. So glutes, hamstrings, inner thigh, like everything. I just wanted to be relatively mobile. I don't do yoga. It's just not my cup of tea. It's, I need, I need something more intense. Like I want to slam things to, (laughs) to release tension. I don't meditate. Uh, (laughs) so that's, I kind of did like passive and active mobility through Mm -hmm. working out. 
Um, and honestly, I still tore. So, but you're like, my midwife was just like, you're an athlete. You're really strong. Those muscles that it's, it's okay. It's pretty common. I also probably pushed a little bit too hard. So, um, without giving you my whole birth story, I actually am super lucky and I'm, I'm just going to say it's because I worked out the whole time and I was like mentally (laughs) and physically prepared. I'm super lucky. Most women on average, um, are in labor for 20 plus hours with their first, um, my water and, and. I think only 10% of women have their water actually break. Mm-hmm. My water actually broke at nine o'clock at night. I was sitting on the couch and like shot up because I thought I peed myself. Oh <laughs> I my was gosh. like, oh no. Yeah. And then I was like, this is different. Um, my water broke at 9 p.m. And by 6 a.m., Kaya was born. So I had nine hours from start to finish, which is like super, I pushed for about an yeah. hour. Um, I did all natural. I didn't do any drugs um, or I didn't do any um, epidurals. I yeah. did do a little bit of fentanyl. The, and the, Sorry, the IV fentanyl is different than uh, the drug fentanyl that people die on. So don't. If you're, if you're, if you're really, if you're really concerned about that, uh, it's normal for them to offer that to you, which honestly, it didn't really take a p- the pain away. It just kind of helped me sleep and rest for a little bit in between. Cause I was up all night and yeah. I didn't pull all nighters in college. I wasn't, I, I'm a sleeper. So I was just tired. Um, but had Kaya all natural and I did have a little bit of tearing cause, um, pain is a huge motivator and I was super done with contractions and pushing. Mm-hmm. And so I probably just and pushed strong. Yeah. <laughs> and pushed a little bit too hard and held a contraction or held, held my push a little bit longer than I should. And she just popped right out. Like I felt, I felt the pop and I was like, Oh no, but you know, then you have a baby and you're okay. So, yeah. um, I got stitched up and went from there, but yep. the workout, man, Labor and delivery is the hardest workout you will ever do. If mm. if I feel like for sure it's you there are there is no exercise that can completely prepare you for labor and delivery because you've never had to push something out of your body. You can't I can't train you for that. Yeah. That's really hard to to train. I can say that doing Kegels as an exercise to prepare your pelvic floor for pushing is not helpful mm-hmm. because you don't push from your pelvic floor. You push from the top of your core and like your diaphragm when you're mm-hmm. trying to push that out. I distinctly remember like when they're like, okay, push. I, that's where I was, I'd take my big deep breath in and do your, you know, your breathing and you're pushing from the top of your core to get that baby out. And it, it was, I was literally thinking about this while <laughs> I was in labor delivery. I was like, I'm so glad that I did so much core, even through the end of my pregnancy so that I could, I could do this because Mm -hmm. I can't imagine not having this strength to be able to push. Yeah. Um, and my midwife was just like, you're so strong. She is moving with every single push and contraction. She is just like working her way down. There were no, like, there was no moment where she's like, you know, we need to adjust this because it's not working or you need to push from here. She was like, nope. Like she's just cruising down and taking her time. And like, she's, she was making her way out. She was doing it and it was all, it was good. We worked together on that one. Yeah. Um, and I gave birth in, <laughs> it was super satisfying actually. So I used the squat bar. Yep. Um, which they originally had me like sitting up. So I was in a squatting position. I was having really bad back labor pains. So we switched to where I could be on my back, but they actually had my feet propped against the squat, the squat bar. Um, 
Kind of like if you were in the OB's office in the stirrups. Yep. But like that. And then my midwife literally took a sheet, like a bed sheet, and wrapped it around the top of the squat bar. So it was like a TRX. She gave me oh the two gosh. ends of the sheet and <laughs> gave me this awesome. like, grab onto these, Kalina. And every time you, like when you're going to go push, you pull yourself up. So then I'm in like a... a crunch position or I'm pulling so I get more of my upper body and core to push. And I was like, this is super satisfying actually for me because I felt like I could give it my all and really push. And that's how that's how I delivered Kaya. And it was super satisfying. I've never been so sore from my hands all the way to my <laughs> neck though from gripping onto that sheet so dang hard. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember finishing England. That was the hardest workout of my life, like sweating profusely. You know how it goes. Yeah. Um, but I felt super thankful that I did all of the training that I did because it was like that was exhausting. Um, but even more so grateful for how I recovered postpartum. Yeah. So walk us through that. Cause I think that's where a lot of women, like, I think we have so much anxiety going into birth going, I don't want to tear same things you already said, but then there's new fresh anxiety, which is, Oh my gosh, I don't have the same body. Am I okay with that? Did I expect that? And then what's my mindset even around recovery and what does that look like? It is so different for each individual woman, and there are great guidelines out there, but it does, I mean, every person is different in how you labored and how you tore or didn't tear. Did you have a C-section? Like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, I was up and walking within three hours of giving birth, and they were they were like, that's great. Like, most women, you know, they want the wheelchair. And, and like, I mean, it's trauma. When you stand up, it's going to be pressure to your pelvic yeah. floor, and that's traumatic. I was okay. Maybe it was shock, but I was okay. <laughs> I was okay to move. And knowing what we know about how the body atrophies anyway, if you're sedentary, your muscles will naturally atrophy. So my philosophy was to just do something small, it was to like get up and just move a little bit. I needed to get the rust out because I felt like I had been sitting in a car for 10 to 12 hours mm-hmm. or a long, you know, a long trip. You just feel stiff and I wanted to get up and move. Not to mention like within the first two weeks, you're just holding your baby and you're in this kyphotic crunched position on the couch. And I was yep. just like, oh, this is killing my body. Um, Breastfeeding neck or whatever they call it. Yeah. It's a real thing. Yeah. So, and my concern too is my, and my you know, a, a second degree tear. Um, I had stitches and... I think I was walking within, you know, we were at the hospital for two days, got home and we started walking and that was just great. It was nice to get outside and walking was okay. It was very slow. It wasn't very long, you know, and they just say, you know, watch how much you bleed, you know, watch your own recovery and go from there. So after a week or so, I was like, okay, I'm going to get into the garage and I'm going to just do our lunge warm up. Mm-hmm. And when we say lunge warm up, like I'm not lunging to work out. I am, yeah. I am lunging to move my hips and move my thoracic spine so that I could start like stretching things. But I, and I went at a level that was comfortable for me where it wasn't painful in anything yeah. that I did. It was like, if I can feel this in my pelvic floor, cause I wasn't totally healed, then I would stop and I would go a little bit shorter range of motion until I didn't feel it. And I go, this still feels really good for my body just to move. I'm just not feeling any pressure and just get, getting the rust out per mm-hmm. se. And even, um, I think two weeks postpartum, I actually signed up for semi-private and I came into the, I remember that I came into the gym. I was like, I just need to go for my mental health too. I was like, I want to get out of the house. 
I'm going to take an hour for myself to do some foam rolling undistracted. I feel like as a new mom too, you know, Mm -hmm. everything is like you're right there. You want to be right there and you can't focus. Like even if you're like, I'm going to foam roll. If you hear the baby cry, you're like, what's wrong? (laughs) Yeah. Every muscle tenses instantly. (laughs) Yeah. You're trying to like, oh my gosh. So I had to just get out and it felt great to come in and oh my God, stretching felt so good. To use the the true stretch and to just hang off of something and stretch my upper body to mm-hmm. un- uncrank myself from the breastfeeding position felt great. And it was just a, a progression after that. It was That was a nice little jump start to be like, okay, good. This shows me that I need to start moving more mm-hmm. because I feel so much better afterwards. Yeah, And it wasn't, it, it's interesting to me when they say like, don't work out or don't exercise. What do you define as exercise? And I think a lot of women have that issue too. When we say, even though we're a gym, like, no, come, you can come to us for recovery and like some movement work. And they're like, well, I'm not supposed to exercise. I'm like, just because we're a gym doesn't mean like we're not coming in here to go full throttle by any means. We can come in to just move your body. You don't even have to break a sweat, but you can just move Mm -hmm. to kind of unwind yourself and help yourself out. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was really great to get in and move around. And then it's certainly not the same body for a long time after, after labor and delivery. Cause two, it's just like, if you stopped working out for three months, you know, yeah. and then you're like trying to work out again, you're like, wait a minute, this is not the same. Well, I forget who said it. And maybe it was Michael that told me this, like, Hey, like how long does it take you to make a baby and put on the baby weight that's healthy? Cause there is an amount of baby weight that's super healthy for the mom. And like, mm-hmm. we don't want to forget that. And then how do you give yourself the same amount of time? If not more, just don't take the, don't put this pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. Just know like you're, it's really about how you feel. And that's what I like about what you're sharing. And not once have you said what you look like in the mirror and whether that, how that made you feel. Right. Right. Actually, I, before I had her, because I've had the privilege of listening to women talk about their experiences and their bodies and going, I don't want my experience to be like that. Or, oh, I really like that. I would like my experience to be like that. So I went into pregnancy and my postpartum recovery with this mindset that I wasn't going to be hard on myself for what my body looked like. Because I told women all the time who were... we're so much harder on ourselves than we are on others. Like, I had women come to me like, I look terrible. I have this baby weight. And I was like, first of all, you created a human. That's a miracle in itself. Mm-hmm. Give yourself some kudos and some credit and be kind to yourself. It'll it'll come off eventually, you know, yes. and, and don't, don't worry about it. So after I gave birth, I remember like looking at my belly and like, you just did an amazing thing. Yeah. And it was actually like I had this self-appreciation for what my body did and I wasn't really concerned about what my body looked like. I'm honestly still probably 20 pounds heavier than I was at my um, – I'm 20 pounds heavier than my usual. Mm-hmm. And I'm not super concerned about it. Yeah. I'm still breastfeeding. I tried to do I tried to do a little diet cut and my milk dried up and that was awful. So I was Never like – Never worth it. I can't – I was like, I can't do this. So yeah. I just said I'm just going to be a little pudgy until she's done breastfeeding and it'll just be – it'll be what it'll be. You know, nobody's – Nobody's looking at me going, oh my God, she's still so, she looks like she's pregnant still. Or I can't believe she's not back to where she should be. I'm like, I'm five, month, I five, I'm five months postpartum yet. But like Michael was saying, nine months in, nine months out. Yeah. Or 10 months in, 10 months out. But true be, truth be told, for me, I don't think I was back to my pre-pregnancy weight with Kennedy until right before I got pregnant with Jackson. Yeah. So straight for me, I, I'm i with you on that. Like I did have a, a moment in the mirror where I just said thank you to my body. Yeah. And I was like – and it was a powerful moment because 
we're hard when it's us in the mirror. Like that's not a good moment for a lot of good self-talk to be repeated. But if you can reclaim that with some really powerful words, never been prouder of my body. Yeah. Right. And like our kids don't care. Oh, they can they're care never, less. they're never going to care what we look like. You know, yeah. they just want to be loved and that's the most important thing. So, totally. and you know, when you have a kid, you have less time to dedicate to yourself. So of course we're not going to get back. If we were working out, like I was working out like five, six days a week before I was pregnant, you know, that was just my lifestyle. And now it's like, dude, I got three workouts in. Hell yeah. Like, this is <laughs> awesome. It's a good week. This is a great week. You yeah. know, you do what you can because your days are just, they're just more full now. So It's just a a lifestyle adjustment. Totally. All right. So wrapping up this episode, if you had any pregnant women listening, what advice would you give them just coming through this experience that you've been through? Workout. Do, do some sort of exercise. The, I cringed at the exercises that they told us that we could do while we were pregnant because it was so, it was like you were disabled. Mm-hmm. Like it was completely like you're disabled. You can't do anything. Your body is super fragile. There is a point where, yes, we're going to be limited. But my thing is, is postpartum, they don't tell you, well, don't bend over and pick up your kid up out of the crib. Right? Yeah. Don't not squat on the floor to pick up your child. Like you're going to have to get on the floor to play with them. You're going to have to bend over. You're going to have to lift this, you know, um, we were just talking like all of the things that I purchased for Kaya were like, if you, if I was just by myself with her and I had to open up the stroller, if I had to carry the diaper bag, like all of these things I have to do with one hand. Oh, totally. I mean, I watch you come to my house cause we nanny share on one day a week and you're, you've got, you know, backpack on. And of course the most uh, awkward, all baby car seats are so awkward to hold. And you're like one arming it and opening a <laughs> gate to get to my house. And I'm like, it's crazy what we do. Yeah. And you contort your bodies in all these weird ways. Yes. Like I can't tell you how many times I've gone to like get something out of the refrigerator and I'm holding Kaya and she like, you know, when they try to escape out of your arms for no reason whatsoever. And she, you know, <laughs> they flail and you're like, oh my God, don't fall. And then yeah. you're grabbing something out of the fridge and you just contort your body. But all of the things they have us do are like safe, 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 safe. But then when you look at what we do afterwards, nothing is in like this perfect little box of safe environment. We're always like unbalanced with our weights and doing all these things. And so you you just need to keep doing that. It's so much better for us because you can't, you don't get a break after that. Like there's no prepare. If you don't train prenatal, you're going to be super out of shape for being a mom and just everyday mom activities postpartum. And there's a lot of pain that new moms complain about, mm-hmm. like neck headaches. And it's like, gosh, your neck and what's going on here? And like then random low back pain and all this different stuff. And it's like, it's all connected. 100%. And I have been super fortunate. I still, even postpartum, didn't have any residual pelvic pain, didn't have any sciatica. Mm-hmm. I had some minor like shoulder and neck pain, but that's literally from carrying my daughter in one arm all the time. So it just takes some work to like unwind all of that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm just barely five months postpartum. I have no incontinence. I have no more diastasis. I do not have any prolapse or pain with sex. Like everything is honestly like back to, to normal. I'm going to put that in quotes relatively. Yeah. Um, and I'm just working to get back into playing soccer shape. That's my, yeah. my biggest 
conundrum right now is that I want to go play soccer. And every time I go to try and play, I like pull a muscle because I haven't done sprints <laughs> yeah. for, for like a year and a half now, you know, because yeah. even with COVID too, we didn't play soccer with COVID. So yeah. I'm like trying to get back into like, how do I play soccer and do all of my fun sports yep. and just get back in shape for that. But otherwise, body wise, I feel great. And I, and I, fully accredited it to working out and staying active during my pregnancy. And then any final advice for women who are postpartum? I mean, even if it hasn't, they're, you know, a year or two postpartum listening to this going, gosh, what can I do? Because what you just rattled off is no pain with sex and, and all of these different things and no incontinence, et cetera. Like, and where, if they're experiencing that, what would you advise them besides buying your Epic program online? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do, I do do free 15 minute consults, whether it's, uh, over the phone or zoom or in person. So that's a good place to start too. Um, if you want to work with me or work with gymnazo, that's a great place to start. Otherwise you can work with your a local pelvic floor physical therapist or just a local personal trainer, honestly, and find somebody who is going to understand your limits and how you can, how you can get back to you. But if you are experiencing dysfunction, speak with a professional. Um, not every trainer knows how to work with women with dysfunction. If you're a trainer listening, I do mentorships. We do female core mentorships mm-hmm. where we educate you on the female pelvic core um, and how to train women who are experiencing this, these dysfunctions so that you can get them out of this pain. Um, I have a, a client who came to me. She had a second C-section and the doctors told her, don't do anything for eight weeks. She needed eight weeks. And I was like, eight weeks? What do you mean don't do anything for eight weeks? She's still going to have to pick up her baby and, like, get in yeah. and out of the car. She's got a four-year-old. What is she going to do with a four-year-old? Like, you still have to do activities with them. And I said, just come see me. And we got her in. It, t- it took a little bit of convincing. But she came in at three weeks postpartum from a C-section. And I had her do some really light mobility work and just some breath work with motion to help kind of stimulate some blood flow. The swelling in her C-section incision went down 90% after an hour. Wow. After one session. And she was sold after that. She's been coming in now twice a week. And they tell you, even they told me who had a vaginal delivery, don't do any core work for six weeks. And I was like, that's really interesting because I really need my core to work so yeah. that my back doesn't hurt so that I can get in and out of bed and that so I can like lift things or do yeah. anything. Um, we've had her doing core work, light core work. If you want to learn, again, if you want to learn how do you do core work without doing crunches or sit-ups or planks, like how do you modify for that? We've got a million ways to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she feels great. She's now six weeks postpartum seven weeks postpartum and she's crushing it. And she's just like, I feel great. She feels sore, um, but no pain, no incision pain. And it's just rocking it. Awesome. But that's the power of movement therapy and understanding how the pelvic core works. Awesome. Well, thanks for jumping in here back in studio. I love this. I love our conversation. Feels so good. I love it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, if you want to hear more from Kalina, we have other episodes where we're talking about all sorts of fun things like posture as you walk and all the joys of being a female and training for our unique bodies. So tune in for those. Hey y'all, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your fitness obsessed friends and peers who are also navigating this world of fitness and trying to succeed with the trends and misinformation. As you guys can see, this podcast is basically a masterclass for trainers wanting to level up in their coaching skills 
and their fitness business model. Relaunches in 2020 because you and your fitness tribe deserve to see an unfiltered look at all the aspects of what it takes to stand out as a next generation coach and build a successful fitness business. So share it far and wide. And please, when you do, do me a favor, take a screenshot of this screen and share it to your social media accounts and use the hashtag Gymnazo Podcast. That's hashtag Gymnazo Podcast. That way we can see you and share your post with our audience. And finally, when you're ready to go to the next level as a coach or in your business and to reach more people, please go check out gymnazoedu.com. We have put together the best 90-day coaching program on the market for trainers wanting to become a masterful practitioner and build a business that gives them the freedom and impact. So let us help you do just that. We have online training and one-on-one coaching to guide you through a full 90-day certification. We even get you training our clients live because it's always better to work out your kinks on someone else's clients than yours. But we promise you this, your clients will be blown away by the transformation our program will help you make. You'll be masterful at a whole new level and part of an incredible community of coaches worldwide taking their skills to the next level. So if you thought today's episode had some fire to it, and inspired you to take action, wait until you see what we deliver on this program. So just go to gymnazoedu.com and we'll see you on the other side. Remember that turning your passion for fitness into transformation and sustainable business is critical to reaching the people and lives you were put on earth to help. It matters and truly can make an impact in other people's lives. So I hope you do that. Keep sharing your passion and we'll talk to you soon.